Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. I mean, I mean, oh shoot. Oi, hello, the name's Dan. <laughs> uh, we are we are making our way into several Londons today, as you can tell by Dan's accent. That's right. We are That's starting right. A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Um, we're about a third of the way through. I think it's like part six that we've stopped at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... I think I think we need to get a little bit warmed up here, Dan. We're going to get warmed up, Luke. And as I was thinking of this warm up, I'm starting to grow concerned that we may have done this before. And the problem is <laughs> we've done a lot of these. So stop me if this sounds familiar. Um, I think this is a hot take. Uh, okay. The, my hot take is I think people who don't try like new foods are childish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think that we've done this before. I, I feel like we've probably like, we've probably had this. Uh, how, how can I say this? I think that we've probably put this opinion out non-verbally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but I but I don't think we've consciously acknowledged it. So so, outline it a little bit more for me. So, I'm I'm sure you've encountered people like this before. I've encountered people where, if you're like talking about a type of restaurant that you'd want to go to, they would just, like say, hey, what about like Thai food or Indian food or something? And there's people who will just be like, I don't really eat that kind of food. And it's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you don't eat that kind of food? Like, there's so much, op- there's so many options there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a while since I've experienced this, actually. Okay. I have, I, there have been a few people that I have experienced that have been like this. But I think another one here is, like, if you prepare a dish for somebody... Or for a potluck or something. And I think I think if you refuse to try something just because it's different or new, it just feels childish to me. It doesn't feel you feel like a big baby. Because <laughs> because, Luke, like mm, I'm trying to get at what really bothers me about it. I'm just, not, so I'm not disagreeing with you here. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I feel like you're you're talking about a specific person. Oh, this is tough because I don't. <laughs> oh, and and I, I did this with some of my warmups before, and you and I think you correctly identified it as well. I, I will say technically this is two different people. Um, okay. <laughs> cause I've encountered multiple, like two people in my life that have been like this. Um, can I do a, a, a little story? It's very quick. Yeah. Go for uh, it. one time, many years ago, I went to a restaurant with a group of friends. Uh, I think it was, it was like a, a chain, uh, like, I don't know if it was Thai restaurant, but, but something like that. Yeah. 
And the person ordered like some dish and then was like, but can you make sure that there's no vegetables in it? <laughs> oh, no. And it was like, what? Oh. <laughs> like, I don't it, Maybe it was like fried rice or something like that. And it's like, you want just like. <laughs> you want rice, rice and, and eggs? Chicken? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! That's Actually, the kind of that's that's what your your take reminds me of a little bit. Luke, if we if we hadn't have gotten there with that take, do you want to know what my backup was going to be? Sure. Uh, you should never ask for alterations to food at a restaurant. Oh, this is a hot take, actually. I don't think you ever do it. I think if it's on the menu, that's what you're getting, and just order something else if you don't like what? that. Okay, what if like so for example, yeah. Um uh I know a person who has the cilantro taste like soap gene. Okay. Yep. Are you allowed to ask to not have them add cilantro to something? Um hell no. You just don't get to have mango salsa. <laughs> You don't get mango salsa. Sorry, your genes are inferior. <laughs> Too bad. I Too love bad it. for you. I love it. See, this is a, this is a very hot take, and I'm appreciating it. I don't. I don't think I agree with it. Actually, surprisingly, which is rare because we normally agree on all food related takes. Can I? Can I tell you about the one exception that I make for me, my own special little self? <laughs> yes, I love that. Okay. So I typically eat vegetarian at a lot of breakfast places. They will offer like sausage or bacon as a side for like whatever egg dish you're going to be getting. Uh, Me, Mm -hmm. as my own little special boy, always tries to substitute that meat for like grits or hash browns or something. Because that I surprisingly, I actually think that this is a fair exemption. I agree because it's a separate thing. Like, it's not a mixed in right. to the dish. So it's just like, yeah, we can just, instead of giving you a plate with sausage on it, we can instead put grits on the plate. Well, in a bowl or whatever. You know what I mean. Right, right. That's a, that's a fair exemption. Oof, man. I got to tell you, you're making, like, you're making people with allergies have a hard time, I think. I mean, you've just got to pick your battles, guys. Just, you know, just look at the menu, figure out what you can get and just Mm -hmm. get that. Don't, don't. Because look, some chef designed for your, for a palette, this, this, it's like looking Mm -hmm. at the Mona Lisa and being like, I don't like the blue. Get rid of the blue, please. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I think you're giving a lot of credit to chefs. (laughs) Um, which which I like. I'm mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Good for good for them. They do view I'm sure they all view their their craft as such. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean okay. unless you're at Burger King and then Busy. get it however you want. But I'm at a restaurant. Actually actually final question. Yeah. So I know that you don't eat like burgers. Yeah. For example. Mm-hmm. But a lot of restaurants that have burgers on the menu will have a set of actually it's the same thing for pizza they'll have a set of like pre-designed pizzas yeah but then they will also have a like make your own burger or make your own pizza yeah that's like you know 
the base is this, each topping is one or two dollars, whatever. Yep. Do you view it as disrespectful to order the make your own pizza slash burger? <laughs> what do you mean disrespectful? They they open the door for that. How is that disrespectful? <laughs> they open the door. But then, but then I feel like you're like looking at their options that they have pre-made. Oh, I see that they're like, These saying. are probably our best ones, and you're like, you're wrong. Because this Ooh. this doesn't feel that different to me than making a substitution. No, but making a substitution, the chef's not back there like, hey, we could be wrong, so you try. Whereas when they say make your own, they're like, hey, maybe we're wrong. I mean, it's a coward's way out for them to be like, or you could make your own, I guess, or you could do our job for us. Um, oh, so so in this scenario, the, the chef is making the error. Whereas in this in the substitution, the the person ordering is making the error. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. I mean, I still disagree. I still ultimately disagree, but I, I like I like the distinction that you're drawing here. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we'll see. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a lot of fan mail about this, so we'll see who who is on the right side of history with it. But um, I just yeah. tell us tell us your favorite. Meal changes, meal tweaks. Oh, don't do for that. Your restaurants. Stop, stop tweaking your meals and just order, order what's on there. Order, okay, yep. Um, okay, good hot take. That's a good Thank one. You. Thank let's, you. Thank uh, you. Let's talk book. Let's get to London. Um, like I said, darker shade of magic. We are up to part six. There's mm. like many chapters, but. I, okay, anyway, um, <laughs> so all of my notes are general about this section. I don't have anything out of a specific time. Okay. Do you have anywhere you want to start? Yeah, let's start. Let's start like in the beginning. I think this is in one of the first chapters. I don't know. I like. I'm probably too hype about this, but I was so hyped that somebody isn't cutting their palm to get blood. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, yes, yes. We've done this before, to be clear. We, but yeah, yes. yeah. But finally, we get somebody who's listening to the pod and is like, yeah, I'm not going to cut the like most important part of my body for blood. I'm cutting my arm a little bit. Right. It's like, yeah, that's perfect. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Cal. This is a good point. This is a good point. I I will throw a light criticism in here. Okay. Now... There's nothing that they've said about quantity needed for these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, okay, the main thing, right, is that he needs his blood to be able to travel through these doors. Yes. That he makes. But he never says, like, I need a, a buttload of blood. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is leading me to assume that oh. it's just like, I need a little bit. Oh, I see where you're going. And, like, why are we not doing little tiny pricks? Why are we doing like gashes? Well, he's got to make a door out of blood, right? Yeah. I mean, a little. Uh, well, does he need to, need to make the outline? Mm. I thought it was just like I need to provide some blood and then do the magic. I don't think he's like drawing a door in blood. Mm. I thought he had to make the outline in blood. Hmm. Uh oh. Okay, maybe we're at an impasse here. Okay. Um, where I thought you were going with this, though. How dilute can you make the blood? Ooh, it's a good point too. I mean, I think I think it's the similar point 
mm-hmm. where because he keeps running into the problem of like he's making too many doors and he's getting like blood loss. <laughs> yeah, he can't replenish. The dude's eating so much iron. <laughs> I don't even think that anyone's giving him a cookie afterwards. Oh, you need a juice and a cookie. Yeah. But he's going to pass out. Um, <laughs> so I... I Maybe this is maybe this is in the background. He's already done this, but I think you got to measure, figure out the minimum blood that I need. And now that I've practiced so much, this is this is how I know how to do it. Maybe maybe that's where we're at. Does it also not make sense to like oh, that was a weird way to phrase it. Doesn't it also make sense to just have little capsules of blood that you keep with you? Oh. And then it's like, excellent point. if there's an emergency situation and you're already so low on blood, you've got some backups. Yes, I think that this is true. I do wonder, because as we know, there's only two of these magic people. Yes. Kel and Holland, I think is his name or yep, something like that's that. That's right. I have to think that like their blood has some weird value in like weird gross magic i mean we see astrid and athos you know? drinking it right right which is horrible. so i i have to think that that's a reason why you don't want to keep little capsules you're saying weird freaks could want to steal it from you yeah okay yeah but like it's one of the reasons i don't keep capsules of my blood too you're worried about the freaks despite the numerous advantages it would provide <laughs> i think it's this is a fair point. My counter to this is I think I'd much rather them steal a capsule than like from inside my body if they're really committed to getting my blood. Mm-hmm. Fair. It's a like fair it's, point. It's easier to it's easier to jettison the my cargo than dump fuel. You know what I'm saying? I get you. I get you. Okay, fair. Yeah. Give me some capsules. <laughs> Cool. Figure out how to figure out how to do canning because you, you gotta you gotta preserve it, you know. Mm. Get your canning procedure going. Learn canning technology for blood. Okay. I'm assuming they don't have little nitrogen gas bubblers. Probably not, but they have magic, so that's got to be something. Yeah. Actually, they may have Could little be. nitrogen gas bubblers, like magic nitrogen or whatever. That'd be sweet. Pretty cool. Mm. Pretty cool. Little low, low blood magic chemistry lab. Um, <laughs> I think for most people it wouldn't be super useful. Because I think Cal is like yeah. one of the few that can do blood magic. But yeah. Um, okay. So we, we've, we've mentioned the rulers of White London. Yep. Which are Astrid and... Another A name. Athos um, or Athos. The twins. Yeah. So, okay, here's my here's my general question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you like magic enough to where you would prefer living in White London? Oh, no. Over gray. Like, obviously, Red London is the best. Yeah, but you can't pick red. You got to pick gray or white. You can't white. pick Red London. Gray or white. No. Gray said, no, 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 no. White is hell. White is like, (laughs) white sounds like actually hell. Um, And like, I don't care if there's magic. 
I don't like it is magic that is meant to cause me suffering. So no, I don't want to live there. Okay. No, thank you. Okay. Okay. This was this was my take as well, but I remember I remember us having a disagreement on whether we would go into Brandon Sanderson's little mini universes. Yeah. And so I thought you might be willing to take the risk of of magic, but but no. No, this is horrific. I think and nobody who's living here has having a good time. I, I, except for our except for our twins. The twins I don't think are even having that good of a time. <laughs> At least I hope not. Oh, they're gross. I I think they're having a great time, honestly. Okay, maybe so like two people out of the however many millions that live here are having a okay time. Yeah. Oh, this is um yeah, this is it's so <sighs> Can we talk a little bit about White London then, since we're here? Sure, yeah. Okay, first thing. I think you've got two options with Holland. If I'm if I'm in Red London and Holland shows up and it's like, oh, hey, another one of you who can travel. That's cool. Where are you from? He's like, White London. It's like, oh, sorry, bud. Um, I think <laughs> you have two choices. The first is like, hey, do you want to just live here now? Do you want to just not go back to white London? Mm-hmm. That's option one. Option two is like, hey, um, I've got this great box over here that I'd like to show you. And then just, I don't know, not let him leave or never let him come back <laughs> or like murder him. Okay. Here's why. Because... Because you're worried that he's going to make moves against you? Is that why? Uh, Nothing about White London is good. I don't want anything to do with White London. Get White London as far away from me as possible. (laughs) I don't want any messengers from White London. I don't want them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a fair point because like, so they are the only two that can go back and forth. Yes. And like... They have rules against bringing things across because that they, I think, worry that it would be like unstable or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what really is the value of like going? Like, I can understand staying in communication, considering we're worried that there's something weird going on with the magic. Yeah, but like, I don't. It doesn't have to be very often. Once every five years. Hey, you guys still doing pretty good? Great. We're doing terrible <laughs> as white London, but not as bad as black London. Yeah. See you next five years. Which, That's all. I don't know. I don't know the value in more frequent communication than that. I agree. It's just a, it's just so risky. And like, especially when white London is as horrific as it is. Just let, just tell Holland, like, you could stay. We like all your powers. You've got really amazing powers. You don't have to go back. How about that? Right. Assuming that whatever's going on with him and the twins doesn't keep him from staying. But but let's ignore that for now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pretend like he can choose. Um, and maybe it's hard to tell as well if um, he could jump before he was like bound 
to Athos or after, like if he gained the ability later in life, because it mm-hmm. sounds like people can like be like, mm, like develop the ability to go between the Londons over time. Yeah. They're not just born with it. So maybe he developed it after he was already bound, but uh, I don't know. It, just let him stay guys. Please let him stay. <laughs> Yeah. I if I'm Red London, <laughs> I also don't really want anything from White London except to stay as far away oh, from for me sure as possible. Not. And yeah. I think so I think I'm going to have a little bit of a criticism for Kel here. He Okay. I don't understand how he is not so on his guard in white london all the time yes and what i mean like he starts on his guard where he has these very specific rules and then he gets into like a conference with astrid and athos or athos and they're like hey you want a drink and he's like well okay and he has like five drinks he gets hammered yeah that one was weird (laughs) these people are a nightmare what are you doing Especially because, like, I don't think he really knows what the drink is. No, it's a sweet drink. Do you want some sweet drink? <laughs> and, like, the the one reassurance he has in this scenario is Athos, like, takes a sip from it first. To yeah. Be like, see, I didn't, I didn't die immediately. <laughs> and, like, I, <laughs> that doesn't really mean a lot to me, honestly. No. And the other thing about this, which is insane... They've already bound one of these powerful magicians to their will. You know they can do it. Mm-hmm. You also know Red London can't do shit if they steal you. Because you're the only one who can move back and forth. It's not like they're going to send people to come find you. There's literally no one for them to send. And you're getting hammered. You're getting like almost blackout drunk <laughs> in their presence. Right. I see... I agree with you. I would have, like, extremely strict rules. Oh, yeah, dude. Where it's like, all right, when I'm in your presence, if you step within 10 feet of me, I'm gone. I'm go- I'm in red London next second. <laughs> I'm going through the floor. I'm creating a manhole in the floor, and I'm zipping down. I'm not consuming anything that you give me. No one is getting within. I'm gonna put. I'm actually give me a bigger radius. Give me twenty feet. <laughs> Ten feet's too small. <laughs> Way too small. Um, and we're saying the bare minimum number of words to each other. Yes, you're gonna hand. You're gonna put a piece of paper on the floor and kick it over to me, and I'm gonna do the same, and then I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm gonna go check out that that bar that kind of sucks. <laughs> The Okay, and the other thing about this, like, that already was, like, really upsetting me that he got super wasted. Then, somebody, somebody hands him a thing to take? No, I'm not taking anything! I'm not bringing anything from this place to Red London. I don't care what your story is. I'm suspicious of everyone. I'm not touching you. Stay away from me. As soon as he brought this through, I was like, dude, you fucking idiot. What did you do? Also, when she's like, don't look at it here. You should totally look at it later. 
That's what? And she had like an explanation for every possible counter argument you were coming up with, like right as you were coming up with your counter arguments. She was like preempting you. No, dude, that story's too good. <laughs> yeah, he's not very good at it. Dude. I have to say, which I'm going to defend him here. Um, there's not exactly a school for this right now. Luke. I, I think, I think that there's a lot of things that, that we need to like recognize considering the fact that there are literally only two of them that can go back and forth between completely separate worlds. One of which I, I actually don't have a ton of points about in terms of like them not having someone to learn from. The other one maybe answers some of our qualms from earlier um, about the like leaders wanting to talk to each other is that like no one has seen the other worlds except for Kel and, and Holland, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so like if I'm if I'm the king of Red London and Kel is like that place is terrible. I've there's no way that I would like really understand, you know? Uh Luke. Oh, Luke, you're you're leading right into another one of my notes. Okay, that's good. You're welcome. There's literally a way you can make them understand in Red London. Okay. This thing that you say doesn't exist actually in Red London does exist. It's called a scrying table, and we skipped right over that in the book. They represent (laughs) it for like half a second, and they're like, but we don't really use this. This is not that useful for anything. So we're going to move on. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this scrying table thing. It's like, what are you talking about? This is the most amazing thing that's ever been invented. This, fair. This, scry- this is fair. <laughs> this scrying table, just to make this clear for folks who might not remember, just like Luke didn't, you can like project anything from your mind onto this table an image, an idea, just whatever you're thinking, you can just represent it perfectly on this table. What? <laughs> Why are we not using this it's all a, the time? It's a it's a great point. I now that you bring it up, why are we doing letters? <laughs> this we can basically have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more work from from Cal running back and forth. This is why we, this is why we need just like packets of blood. Um, <laughs> it's like to a, prep for our big conversation, right? But yeah, you just like record a little video message. You do a little video messaging back and forth. The thing is, Dan, that you're forgetting is that um, with the current research on memory. Um, <laughs> People are really people are really starting to learn like how flawed individual memory is, and as we know, Red London and White London are are, are, are very aware of this research as well. Luke, so, Luke, you're trying to steer sure this ship away. Is... You're trying to steer this ship away from the point you were originally making, which is like, yeah, but the people in Red London don't really know what it's like in White London, and I'm <laughs> grabbing that wheel and steering us right back on track by being like, yeah, they freaking do. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, Kel has shown them because I'm sure the first thing they wanted Kel to do is be like, show us what White London is like. And he's like, okay, here it is. It's a nightmare. 
Yeah. Well, you got me. Mm. Certainly. I'm not going to White London. No, nobody should go to White London. Stay away from White London. <laughs> Actually, okay. The the one thing that's semi-related to this is... So Kel has gone back and forth between these worlds many times. Yes. But he says that he has never left London in any of these worlds. Uh-huh. What? This is... We're, we're locked in right now, Luke. How, what do you how, how could this possibly be the case uh i what is the rest of the world like luke the other thing that's insane about this the thing that's like the most insane about this dude you, okay sorry i just need to collect myself <laughs> kel has the ability to draw a door and then step through that door and travel instantaneously across vast distances within each of these worlds, right? When he goes to Grey London, he can move through a door in Grey London to a different part of Grey London immediately. Assuming he has set up the the little the thing. corresponding door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and he's using this ability to travel within like a 50-mile radius. He's, he's using this ability to travel a distance that it would take less than like three hours on a horseback to completely travel. Right. What a fucking waste. Are you kidding me? Right. You're saying he, he has the ability to make checkpoints. Yeah. Wherever he wants. Yeah. And he's only making two of them within the same area. Do you, okay. He, oh. What if White London just is the shittiest part of the that whole world? Yes, yes. This is this is this is where I'm getting with this because, like, okay, okay. He talks about the source of the magic being the the river, right? Yes, the Thames. In all of these, I yeah. Think. Like, it feels like there's probably other sources in the worlds. Uh huh. I would yeah. think. Yeah. Like oh yeah the, go go to like, I I don't know the clo- go to Spain which is like pretty close to England I guess. I mean I actually actually let me back up because, Grey London is obviously our world. Yes. But I think he does mention that the other worlds like it's called London but it's not like geographically the same. I think they're still on islands though, right? Maybe I'm not. not. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. But but, but I, still, yeah. but still, yeah. point remains. People, White London could be like the backwater of their world. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, even Red London, that's just where he's from. He hasn't left. What are you doing? What if he and Holland are just the two idiots who refuse to leave London, but like there's a bunch of them out there. They just like never come to London. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. There's they they think of themselves as the only two left of this of this magic group. Yeah. But really they're just the lamest two. Yeah, these are two guys. These are two guys who grew up in Oklahoma and are like, "Well, I don't need to go anywhere." 
Oklahoma is great. I don't need to travel. It's got I'm all just... the it's got all the foods that I like. <laughs> exactly. They've just like never left Oklahoma in their lives. And one time somebody was like, "Hey, do you want to go to like Cancun?" And they're like, "What? Why would I go to Cancun?" <laughs> I've got everything I need in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Best best state in the world. Best place in the world. That's right. I just know That's it. That's right. Um So yeah, it's a weird it's a weird move. I don't know. I it's dis- out a little. I don't re- I don't have a lot of respect for Kel, honestly. Get out of London, it's man. Fair. Get out of London. Come on. Come on. <sighs> also, since we're just staying or since we're talking about weird things about Cal. Yeah. He has this little trade business that he's got going on with like mm-hmm. collectors. Mm-hmm. And the thing that the collector keeps giving him is like a music box. Mm-hmm. So like like I, I know that he has gotten other things before. Yeah. But when this guy gives him a music box, he's like, Oh, I know what this is. They're awesome. I've got a few of them already. Yeah. It's like, why are you Ask for something else. <laughs> Maybe it's got a different song. Why are you song? taking so many music boxes? Maybe it's got a different song, Luke. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, but like, they have music in Red London. It's not music that's missing. It's like the little, like, it's the know, mechanism. Yeah. Technology that's not magic. There's tons, there's tons of other things. Luke, I'll say this that I think you might not be considering. The thing he trades for it is like a Rubik's cube. Okay. Like the he's not trading something super valuable, right? This thing costs right. him like 10 bucks. Yes. I okay, I agree with you there. I I'm not necessarily concerned about the value of it. I'm just like you already have a bunch of these. Yeah, I imagine it's hard to like find these collectors though. Yeah, but, but like hey man, I actually already have several music boxes. Uh, oh, I okay. This actually is reminding me of a phenomenon, though, where you'll tell somebody about a, like a certain thing you like, and then every time they get you a gift, it's like it's like super related to that thing, even if you don't need this thing anymore. Like he told one collector that he likes music boxes, and they spread the word, and now everybody brings in music music boxes, and he's like, I really only needed one. That's why I asked for it that one year. <laughs> right. It's it's also like when you buy something and then uh yeah all of your ad tracking is like oh you're looking for this and it's like no i actually already bought it that's why i was looking for it um (laughs) and i I also think that this is the thing where it's like they keep doing this thing where it's like i don't i'm not setting a price you give me something right yeah yeah because like they have no need for money which i get because like you don't know what's in their world, they don't know what's in yours, so you kind of have to get each other gifts. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But like, you guys are shitty gift givers. Stop giving me music boxes. This is true. This is true. Can you imagine the first guy that shows up and he's like, "Oh, I got a gift. Come out back," and it's just like a Gatlin gun. <laughs> he's like, "We made this cool thing. It shoots hot metal really fast." <laughs> and I know you like cool mechanisms. Cool. This one is amazing. <laughs> Be a good gift. <laughs> I mean, for what you're getting, right? 
You're getting like a magical artifact. You're getting a thing from literally another world. It is priceless. There is no price you can put right. on it. And people are giving him like, I don't yeah. know, $20 music boxes. I know. Ridiculous. I think he needs to expect more is the problem. Yes. I think, I think I've come around to your point, actually. And he needs to hold these things to a higher standard. He like he like roasts this uh, enthusiast he yep. calls him, and it's like, I get it. Like yeah, the enthu- like they can't do magic, and they don't know it, and you like the collectors more because they're just like here for the vibes. Yeah, sure, totally. However, if that's gonna be your thing, you have to ask for more from the collectors. Mm-hmm. Example: watches would be way cooler. Give me a super high end watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe he started with that, though. Maybe he's got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway, Kel's. We're not. We're not impressed with Kel so far. I think is the is the takeaway from this section. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not impressed. Also, Luke. <sighs> How many things is Kel losing in his pockets? It's got to be a lot, right? Mm, say, say more. Kel's got this magic jacket that you can turn inside out. And you can turn it mm. like inside out like a 10 different ways to get different jackets. And each of those inside out configurations has its own set of pockets. Because at one point he's like, oh, it's in the pocket of my different configuration. And he has to change the configuration to get something out of his pocket. Yeah, that's a tough one. Your pockets are all full of trash, right? (laughs) Or like your keys and you just don't know which pocket it is in. Do you know what I mean? The question... The question is, is he is he an organizer or not? Because because yes, I totally agree with you. However, if you were if you acknowledge this problem and you're like, I need I need to have a I need to have a pocket jacket, I feel like there's a chance that one of his one of the times he turns it out, it's just a jacket for storage. Oh. It's just all pockets. He's got cargo jacket. Yeah. Cargo jacket, chore jacket, if you will. Mm, I hadn't thought. Because you're right, this. it's a nightmare if you're gonna if they're if it's not the same pocket every time. Huh? Where's his? Ch- He's got so many chapsticks because he keeps losing them. <laughs> He's gonna flip to a jacket he hasn't worn in a while and reach his hand into a pocket, and there's just gonna be like ten chapsticks in there. Like, damn it! <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I do feel like this is a pretty secure way of hiding something, though. Oh, yeah. Just, like, put it in a pocket and then flip that jacket, bud. Yeah. Especially especially for for quick hiding. My concern is that it doesn't seem very good for layering. You know? Oh, abysmal. This is one layer. Like I get, I'm I'm assuming that these jackets have different weights. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's like a windbreaker, <laughs> um, maybe a sweater, big puffer, up to like a parka. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, if I'm in really cold weather, I want a sweater sweater under my parka. But no. Well, Luke, hold on though. 
Because I think we're forgetting the reason you layer. The reason you layer is because you want to be able to take things off and put things on. Mm-hmm. In oh, this, okay. In this case, you just swap out. You just flip it if you're getting too hot to your one level down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you flip it up. This is fair. You're thinking one-dimensionally, Luke. All right. Kel's on five dimensions, okay? All right. All right. Point rescinded. Good. No need for layering, except for visuals, which Kel doesn't care about, I think. No, he does a little bit. Okay. That's what that's what Riz. The was tough thing about. is, what if your shirt doesn't go with one of the, one of your jackets? Oh, come on, Luke. Let's let's not play this game because you know, if he's got a jacket like this, his whole wardrobe is around the jacket. You're saying you're saying all of his shirts are neutral, or or he's got like a shirt that goes with at least two of the jackets, right? Mm-hmm. so like he's got a magical a magical jacket there's no way that's not the main feature of his wardrobe sure yeah i think that's fair either that or all his shirts have inside out flips too which is oh so many combinations <laughs> that'd be incredible he only needs one shirt one jacket yeah. one pair of pants one shoes that's all you ever need to buy if you're cal also then- only needs to do laundry like once a month no, oh no, dude. These are getting ripe. <laughs> the stink stays with him, Luke. The stink adds, actually. <laughs> it's a it's a multiplicative effect, actually. <laughs> actually, they're combined, like where they're combined is the armpit. <laughs> and so actually all layers of the armpit are out. Uh-huh. Yep. But the rest of the jacket is is like dimensionally layered right but the pits the pits are always hanging out and this thing stinks that's why everybody smells poor design but what are you gonna do yeah i yeah it's a multi-dimensional jacket but it does have pits that hang out so you gotta you gotta take your take your drawbacks with your benefits you know there's a drawback for everything Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um okay my my last note, which is which is again another general one about the world, mm-hmm. is that he has identified this tavern as a fixed point. I think is what he calls it. Yes, because he says that it's like the same in each world, but it like you know it has a different name and a and a different owner. Yeah, and the vibes a little and different, like, but it's still a like, tavern. And, like, my question is, how are we defining a fixed point? Because, like, that just sounds like it's a good f- spot for a tavern in each of these worlds. These are just tav- These are just different taverns at this uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, this could purely be a coincidence, right? Like, there's probably a lot of taverns. Right. There's only, like, th- there's only three cities. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe there's just a good spot for a tavern. <laughs> Or, like, there's going to be a bunch of taverns that's pretty high likelihood that there will be three in one in the same location in all of them. It's like when you get a room of people together and you start figuring out, like, I, I want to say you only need 12 people in a room before two of them have the same birthday or, like, 20. It's, like, a such a small number. Yeah, I've heard this before, too. Yeah. And it's just like the same thing with taverns. Like there's going to be a bunch of taverns. There's going to be a place where all three of them are. 
Like that's just how it works. There's probably right. uh, the same thing with like I don't know bathrooms or like toilets. Be like, this is a fixed point for toilets right here. There's a toilet in this place <laughs> in all three locations. So it's a little bit. It's slightly different each time. One's a men's room. The other two are women's or whatever. And like, yeah, what? Okay. I don't. I don't know. Has he has he asked Holland about it? And Holland's like, yeah, dude. There's a lot of places that are like <laughs> roughly similar. Dude, he's not talking to Holland. Are you kidding me? No one's talking to Holland. <laughs> We're trying to get Holland out of here as fast fair. as possible. I know. Which I is know. sad because like um, Holland could use a friend, probably. Probably, for sure. De- definitely could use a friend, actually. Um, yeah. And and maybe this is just a fixed point that he has found, right? Like maybe there are a bunch of other fixed points out there he just hasn't discovered yet, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. They're big cities. In other cities, yeah. Because like even, even in London, right? Like it's one thing to fully explore your city. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to fully explore three cities. Right, right. <sighs> yeah i don't know what if two like ooh what if there are fixed points of like people as well and they're mm. just in different positions so like we've got we've got the dane twins mm-hmm. what if the dane twins live like there's a version of them in red and gray london it's just those environments aren't suited for them to like rise and be all powerful Ooh, this is a this is a good thought maybe there's also one person who wants to be a pirate in all three cities yeah (laughs) there's a pirate girl in all three cities (laughs) that'd be cool that'd be pretty neat nature versus nurture action (laughs) Uh uh-huh we get to a little experiment Ooh, luke the opportunity for experiments here Take a couple of twins, take some identical twins, split them up between the Londons. <laughs> See what happens. That's a good, that's a good one. There's some good studies going on. There were, there were, there were some good studies going on. Let's say that. That's what, I mean, that's what happened to black London. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too much research funding. I, I do think this ties into my last note though, which. Okay. Kel, I don't want to say he's racist because I don't think it's about race. Kel just seems to think that literally everybody in the other worlds can't handle magic like they can in the Red London world. Did you pick up on this? Mm, I'm not sure. He's like, oh yeah, the people in White London, they're constantly seeking to control magic. All they want to do is control magic yes. and harness it. And so like that's why their magic isn't very good and like that's why they're bad. And the people in Grey London are I don't remember what he said. If he said they're like too dumb or or what it is with magic, but there was some issue why they couldn't use magic either. And he was like, so I mean, they're just never going to get it. Uh, but Red London, we just we get that balance just right, you know. We rock that balance. We're just like a better. We're mm-hmm. just better, you know. We're built different in Red London, and it's like, 
dude, you're throwing a whole world of people. Like, you're generalizing a whole world of people in this kind of fucked up way. But right. Well, he also kind of like holds the holds two beliefs at the same time, especially related to white London. When he's when he says what you're talking about, where he's like, they like try to control it, they try to like bind it tight to them. Yeah, they're like making markings on themselves. And then he's like, yeah, and they like have to do that because the source like kind of sucks. Yeah. And there's the magic's not very good and they're like it's leeching them of color or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, these are they're doing the things because their magic source isn't as good. Yeah. Or is at least different, let's say, than it is in Red London. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> and he talks down to them too, right? Like he he doesn't do it explicitly. He does it in the coward's way where he's like, people in Red London would look down on them for uh, <laughs> for tattooing their body with these images because it would be seen as desperate. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. People in, sure, quote unquote, people in Red London would look down on them. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Unidentified people. Yeah, just general people. Uh, but like... They're trying out here. Times are tough. You left them right next to Black London. You, like, cut them off. Right. We're very rude, by the way. So judgy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, we're coming out surprisingly negative on Kel in this. I kind of wasn't expecting it, but... Honestly, I'm here for that. I didn't have these, these potentially negative feelings about Kel until we really started digging into his character. Mm-hmm. Same. And, and now yeah, yeah i'm with you it's kind of it was surprising i think i didn't expect to do this to kill yeah. poor guy poor guy maybe he can learn a few things from uh from his new friend maybe can can become t- pirates together perhaps <laughs> are we getting Explore another pirate book finally. are we gonna get another pirate book luke <laughs> <laughs> this spot is just gonna become pirate books it's gonna become accidental pirates oops every book <laughs> every book they go on the high seas that's how it goes <laughs> just keeps happening we don't know how <laughs> we love pirates i guess i mean i love pirates sure. um well luke i uh i guess we'll find out We'll find out if this book takes a hard turn where they just become a, a pirate crew and, and decide to leave all its magic mm-hmm. stuff behind. Um, Could be. And, you know, if they do, we'll be there coming up with hot takes. And being dumb nerds. 